0: Hey, friends, and welcome to the Moving Mountains podcast. Moving Mountains is a place to hear true stories of modern day miracles told by ordinary people just like you and me. My name is Paige, and I'm joined here in Alaska by my dear friends Margaret and Bernadette as we witness accounts of how God has worked in people's lives in big and small ways. As you listen to these stories of hope, answered prayers, and unexplained phenomena, we invite you to allow this space to inspire your faith and even to help you recognize the ways in which God is moving mountains in your own life.
1: Hi, everyone,
0: and welcome back to the Moving Mountains
1: podcast. We are so excited for our guest today, um, Amanda, who we have with us. She has a super powerful miracle story that we can't wait to hear. But before we jump into that, I think Margaret has a very important question for us.
2: A V-I-Q. Is that what we're going to call that, a VIQ? (laughs) I was like, wait, what is this question? (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) Awesome. Um, This is a really deep question. So are you guys ready? Yeah. No. Okay, we need to wait a second. Um, Chocolate or vanilla? Mm. Amanda, Amanda? I'd love to hear. Which do you go for?
0: For First. me,
3: I go for twist. Oh, oh swirl. Mixture. Yeah, get the swirl. <laughs> swirl I sprinkles like
0: it. on it. <laughs> Perfect.
2: <laughs> sprinkles make everything better.
0: That is true. 100%. I actually um, don't agree okay. with that.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh.
0: I think sprinkles are annoying. <laughs>
1: i must say i agree with
3: Paige. i prefer it oh yeah margaret we're together
1: they look pretty we'll have to do another
0: poll on the instagram first chocolate or vanilla and then are sprinkles annoying
1: (laughs) yeah okay well that's our next very important
0: question
2: (laughs) The thing is, there are different kinds of sprinkles yes there are so the long skinny ones i don't like i like well i i like them the the little tiny balls, I think they're called non perils or something, non perils. I love those.
0: Oh my gosh. I put you it know in those my rice like sugar cookies that are super soft with the frosting yes. on that every yes. store sells around yes. every yes. holiday. Yeah. I will I love those cookies, but I'll always take them and I'll shake I'll like rub the, the sprinkles <laughs> off of
2: <laughs> Okay, that's a whole new level. Paige, I'm just learning all these things about you. Okay, so chocolate or <laughs> vanilla, Paige.
0: Oh, chocolate for sure. Chocolate on chocolate on chocolate.
2: I'm with you.
1: Yep, that's me (laughs) too. I go for chocolate every time. And then the time that I do go for vanilla, like one in a million, I know there's like something wrong with me that day. So,
2: (laughs) what about you, Margaret? Well, you guys know me chocolate. (laughs) I'm chocolate. I'm chocolate. (laughs) However, I will say this if I'm having it with a brownie, I want vanilla, but it needs to be super creamy. You if know, like ice cream, yeah, yeah, like yes. but but, yes. but that's
1: like it's just a compliment to your chocolate in that case,
2: right? <laughs> well, a hundred percent. So yes, hardcore chocolate over here. I, I'm becoming more of a chocolate snob. Mm. You know, oh. the cheap chocolate I can't handle, and you know, Hershey's <laughs> is basically cardboard. Sorry, Hershey's. Totally <laughs> you might have to send
1: us some German chocolate, Amanda. Oh, for this. It is really here. next level. It's yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can
3: do that. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I was
1: thinking ice cream, but anyway, sorry, go go ahead. (laughs) I was just saying, well, speaking of Germany, our listeners are probably like, what? Germany? So Amanda, (laughs) we'd love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners.
3: Yeah, I. So my name is Amanda Radomski. Um, I am from Detroit originally, but I currently live in Dusseldorf, Germany, with my husband Dennis, um, and we are expecting our first baby due at the end Yay! of January. So it's very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am currently a Focus missionary in Germany. So Focus stands for F- the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, and um, are the whole mission is to know Jesus and to make him known and to fulfill his great commission. Um, the main way that focus does this is on the college campus, but they also have, um, different parishes that they, um, have missionaries at as well. So it's been growing more into the parish outreach as well, but I'm working on the university campus here in Dusseldorf.
2: Awesome.
1: Awesome. So cool. That's amazing. Focus does so many
3: good things. It's wonderful.
1: Mm -hmm. They definitely do. And, um, yeah, We are so excited to hear your story, and we just really appreciate you making the, you know, 10-hour time difference from Alaska work. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, if you're ready, we'd love for you to dive in and and tell us about this crazy miracle experience that we're so excited to
3: hear about. Yeah, sure. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's such an honor to be able to share this story and, um, yeah, just to be able to make it known. Praise God for that. Uh, so this happened in 2017. So five years ago now, um, I was on a focused mission trip as a student. And at this point I had already been practicing my faith for quite some years. So it, it wasn't like a initial conversion moment or anything like that. Um, but I was on this mission trip in Malaysia and our whole mission was both evangelization to the people and also physical labor service labor. So we were in the jungle in Malaysia, like in the middle of nowhere and um, something also to know about my medical history is that when i was in high school i had two hip surgeries on my right hip so i had a little bit of a history with my hip already Um, but everything had been completely healed at that point everything had recovered so anyways we're in the jungle in malaysia where the we had just gotten done of a full day's work of labor we were all just resting and it was a mixture of americans and also malaysian college students who were with us too and everybody knew that I really wanted to ride a motorcycle. I don't know why, but the in the village, everybody was driving <laughs> motorcycles. And I was like, I need to ride a motorcycle. And somehow one of my friends, one of the Malaysian girls, Joy, she got the keys to a motorcycle.
0: Is She's this like, like a, a normal motorcycle or like a Vespa motorcycle?
3: Like a normal motorcycle. Like a Harley oh, wow. Davidson
0: motorcycle? Like, Not that nice, because it's the jungle
3: of Malaysia. Right, right, right.
0: right. (laughs) But that time. Okay, okay. So, like, a legitimate motorcycle. Like a legitimate
3: motorcycle, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, So, Joy's like, I got keys to the motorcycle. And so we're like, yeah, let's go. And we're not wearing anything safe. We have shorts, T-shirt, Chaco sandals on. Like, there's nothing, no helmets, nothing safe about what we're doing. So she's driving, and I'm on the backseat of the motorcycle. And we're going up this hill, and she was in the wrong gear in the motorcycle. So the motorcycle stalled out and crashed Mm. to the right. And I tried to jump off, but my right leg got caught. And so I just felt everything in my hip that had had surgery on just tear again. And it was so painful. And of course the adrenaline of the moment, I was just kind of in shock and stumbling around still. I wasn't collapsed on the ground or anything, but just in, in this dazed shock, but in so much pain not really sure what to do. In my head, I'm like, I'm not getting back on the motorcycle. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> and um, and right at that moment, one of the men who was taking care of us came over the hill on his motorcycle and he saw it happening. So he grabbed me um, and threw me on the back of his motorcycle and brought me back to the village and to the houses where we were staying. And everybody at that time was inside getting ready for dinner. So nobody really noticed me coming back. And I, in my dazed, confusion, shock state, I walked into where everybody was, quickly decided that I couldn't handle that and walked back outside and Mm -hmm. kind of stumbled around a little bit more eventually just collapsing on the ground because my hip just couldn't support my weight anymore. And I'm sitting on the ground, just crying because I'm like, we still have a week and a half left of this mission trip. I'm going to have to have a third hip sur- surgery. Like I knew it, I knew that pain. I knew what that meant mm-hmm. and oh, just totally devastated. Like, what do what do I do? And Joy comes back and she is also a mess. She feels so bad because, because she's like, this is my fault. I'm so sorry. And she was really crying too. She's like, what do we do? And I was, I was so prideful because I was like, no one is going to know what happened. I'm going to be totally fine. I'm going to walk on my own. Everything will be fine. And no, don't tell anybody. And, <laughs> but eventually she's like sitting with me for a little bit. And eventually we realized like, yeah, I can't walk on my own. So she got some of the aunties who were in the village to come and carry me inside to this bench. And for, I think two hours, maybe they're, um, rubbing this ointment into my skin. Of course, at first I asked like, is there ice to help with the inflammation Mm -hmm. but we're in the middle of the jungle in malaysia so there's no ice (laughs) there also is no hospital the nearest clinic it was two and a half hours away (laughs) so there's really nothing around that we could do medically and so um so yeah so no ice but they did have this very similar to icy hot kind of ointment Mm -hmm. so they were trying to massage that in to help with the inflammation but after I i really think it was two hours just Nothing was helping and I'm just laying there just really feeling lost and also still really dazed. And finally, I told Joy, okay, you should go get our trip director and tell her that something Mm -hmm. has happened. I actually, looking back, I think about it and like, I wonder where they thought I was because I wasn't with (laughs) them for a while.
0: (laughs) But um, Do you know like specifically what was happening in your hip? Like, was it like broken or...
3: If I, so if I... It it felt like the same kind of pain as when I needed hip surgeries, and that was Mm -hmm. a labral tear. So the cartilage in my bone was torn off. So I think that that's what happens again, Mm -hmm. but I'm not totally sure. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So I I sent Joy to go get our trip director, Steph, and I thought she explained everything to Steph and, you know, just brought Steph in. But what actually happened was she went to get Steph and she's like, Steph, you have to come with me. Steph's like kind of freaked out and follows her. (laughs)
2: And (laughs) Joy said she
3: stops at the door and she's like, she turns and looks at Steph. She's like, Steph, it's bad. (laughs) Steph Steph was like, Joy, what happened? (laughs) Joy goes, I hurt Amanda. And. And she said, Steph said she could see how upset Joy was when she said this. And so she's trying to make a joke. She's like, yeah, but she's alive, right? And oh, god. Joy, Joy looked at her with wide eyes. And she shook her head, no. Oh. <laughs> Oh no! Steph <laughs> said Her heart just dropped. She's like, no one's ever died on a focused mission trip before. Oh. I'm. A oh
1: my god! Oh,
3: <laughs> so clearly, she she's ran.
1: still in shock too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: So Steph runs into the room where I am. I'm laying on a bench, not moving. And she screams my name. And I kind of look at her. I I was kind of shocked that she was so shocked. And I was just like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Trying to really reassure her. But in my day's state, it just looked like my eyes were open and my brain was kind of dead, saying, like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. So then she thought I was brain dead, and those were the only words that I would ever say again. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. She left the room
0: quick. And
3: and then... I, Joy was with me, so I was like, Joy, what just happened? And she's like, Oh, I didn't tell Steph what happened. I was like, You should go tell Steph what happened. So she, (laughs) she went and explained a little bit more to Steph. So Steph comes back in, and by the time I'm explaining everything, Steph's like, Wow, a torn ligament. Praise God, it's not even bad. (laughs)
0: different perspective
3: yes (laughs) Um, at the end of the trip we did we made a high low chart and her she said her lowest low was thinking i was dead and then it went really up to a high when she realized i wasn't
0: (laughs) when it was just Uh, a torn ligament (laughs) yeah
3: (laughs) (laughs) so anyways um so they were I still was really set on nobody finding out I was like I'm gonna be totally fine no one is gonna help me I don't want help from anybody I'm fine I, the Meanwhile, they're the whole night literally carrying me to the bathroom and holding me over the toilet like because I, I just can't move. And mm-hmm. so we fall asleep that evening. And really in the night, if I wanted to move positions, I had to wake them up so that they could move me. Like I, I oh really couldn't gosh. move myself. Um, and so when I woke up in the morning, it was clear I couldn't get up and do anything. So um mm-hmm everybody else found had found out that i was injured and um was of course offering help but i was still very prideful and i'm i'm not receiving help and i also really made up my mind like i'm gonna walk i i don't need help from people and i'm gonna walk so um i had like throughout the day most of the time i was resting but if i did need to move i had people on either side of me like holding my arms up and helping me walk. So I was putting a little bit of weight on my hip, barely any, but a little bit. And, um, and they were kind of carrying me as I kind of walked, but even that was way too excessive. I shouldn't have been putting any kind of weight on my hip at all. And so, um, that that this next day in the evening we had mass and to get to the chapel you had to go up and then down and then up many stairs and so I'm doing this <laughs> with the two people holding me up and kind of me barely um barely putting weight on and doing it and I just remember getting to the chapel and just crying because I was in so mm. much pain and it was just it was really kind of felt like the end of myself and um after mass, one of our trip leaders, Sam, he looked at me crying. He's like, yeah, you're stupid. You're not walking anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And so he, he proceeded to carry me around for the rest of the evening. And of course all of the villagers in this, in this small village that we're in, they're seeing all of this happen. Like they've, they've witnessed it. They're now witnessing me being carried and just crying and not able to walk at all. And so the next The next morning, so very typical for focus mission trips is that you don't have your phone and you're on a media fast. But the next morning they allowed me to get in contact with my mom and say, Hey mom, I'm going to need a hip appointment when I'm home. Like don't freak out, but I will need an appointment with my surgeon when I get home. And Mm -hmm. she was really gracious. I don't know how she was so calm. She's like. Okay, I'm praying for you. I hope everything's okay. And I'm sure in her head, she's like, my daughter's <laughs> in the middle of Malaysia. She needs a <laughs> Oh my um, gosh. But, but that morning we again had mass and a holy hour after mass. And, um, so I was carried into the church again during mass. I was just in so much pain, just sitting there trying not to cry and, um, I really had this desire during Mass to go to confession, which at that point, also still now, is not always the common desire of my heart is to go to confession, but I really felt this pull. I wonder if Father would hear my confession during our hour of adoration. And um, as Mass ended, Father said, and during adoration i'll be hearing confessions if anybody needs to i later talked to him and he said that was not part of the plan but he just felt like he should offer it so he did (laughs) so sam picked me up carried me over to the confession chair and i was able to to go to confession and he picked me back up and carried me back to our seat my seat um so i got to receive the eucharist i got to receive confession and then we sat in adoration for an hour and i was just praying lord what's going on? And what is your will here? We still have a week and a half of this trip. What do you want from me? How, how am I supposed to keep doing this? And also, do you want to heal me? Um, because at that point Mm -hmm. I had had some experience with healing prayers and with the gift of healing before. So I knew it was miraculous healings were possible to that extent. I had never experienced or seen before, but I knew it in theory, could be possible. And so mm-hmm. I was really asking him those questions, but not really receiving a lot back. And after the hour of adoration, the priest offered to do um, an anointing of the sick for me. And he, it was so beautiful. He did anointing of the sick, but then also added spontaneous prayer to it. And during one point of the prayer, the whole church was singing, come Holy Spirit, she needs you over and over and over again. And there were villagers in the church too. It wasn't just our mission team. So there was, there was a wide variety of people and just over and over again, come Holy Spirit, she needs you. And he anointed me. And then we sat, we continued to sit in our own, um, own personal prayer for a while. And I felt all the pain from my hip leave and I was like, that's weird. And I looked at Sam next to me, Sam, my hip doesn't hurt anymore. And he said, okay, well, Amanda, go back to your prayer. <laughs> and I I was praying, I was like, well, yeah, Lord, is this something where it's like a 10 second relief because I kind of moved my position or is this, mm-hmm. is my pain really gone? And I heard him say, I've healed you. You can trust this and walk out or reject this and be carried out. And even in my head, I still was like, did I make that up? <laughs> like, right? was it actually the <laughs> Lord saying that or did I, did I make that up? But I just felt so much peace and the pain continued to, rem- to stay away. And so when it was time to go, Sam looked at me. He's like, okay, let's go. And I'm like, no, I'm going to walk. And he's like no, I'm going to carry you. Like we talked about this already. <laughs> no, I'm going to walk. And I got up and I walked out of the church and it was the most amazing thing. I, I mean, everyone was doing double takes. Like, what, what the heck <laughs> is going on? <laughs> and um, we all got out of the church and everybody came out and everyone was just screaming and shouting for joy. And um, one, guy, one of the guys was like, can you jump? And I jumped and everyone was like, wow. Um, Uh and one of the one of the missionaries who was leading the trip he said that he during the prayer actually heard the sound of something being popped back together uh, or Uh popped back into place and another one of the missionaries leading the trip said she saw an image of jesus actually sewing my hip back together which is so beautiful (laughs) and so um understandably my hip was still week but the but it was healed and so I for the wow. next day I took it really easy still on it. I was moving but just not doing all the active labor that everybody else was doing. But two days later I was doing workouts on it. It was fine. And when I returned home I had it checked out. Um and it, it was totally fine. There was nothing nothing wrong with it at all. Wow. Um oh my gosh. Which is amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man yeah the only yeah the only time that i've experienced pain with it now since then is so i have also been blessed with the gift of healing and been able to intercede for people for healing and i remember a few summers later there was someone had asked for healing and i remember praying before praying by myself before praying with them and really kind of doubting okay lord do you really can you really do this kind of healing? Mm. And I just felt this sharp pain straight to my hip. <laughs>
0: like a oh. reminder oh, wow. of,
3: look what I've done. And that has happened a few times um, since then, as, as I've been praying with people for healing. But other than that, I have not experienced
2: any injury or anything from wow. it at all. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. How, many, is how much wild. time was between the the injury and the healing? I Was it two days? That was
3: two days, yeah. Wow. Yeah,
2: two days. Yeah. That is incredible. incredible.
3: Is I'm just really like amazing. speechless.
0: <laughs> the word know, is it so really so just leaves you like speechless. And also like while you are talking, I was like st- starting to get kind of emotional, like some like teary eyes.
2: <laughs> you yeah. got the chills. Yeah. Um, I really loved, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. I think it shows a whole lot of faith you were saying, I think you, I believe when you, I can't remember if it was master adoration, when you said to God, like, what do you want from this? Here I am on this trip to help people to do physical labor. And he literally took that away from you. Like he took Mm -hmm. the ability to do those things away. And I think a lot of times we as humans, it's okay, God, what the heck? Like, why are you ruining this trip for me? Like, why are you doing this to me? And I just think it shows just a beautiful, it's a beautiful testament to faith, your faith to go to the Lord and say, okay, this is inconvenient, but you're going to do something good from this and just kind of laying it in his hands. I think that's just beautiful and just a great example to anyone who's suffering. You know, all of us have been through different sufferings, um, you know, very close to Bernadette and, you know, losing two babies. It was just, I remember the second time Bernadette, you texted me. It was like, I was like, are you serious, God? Like, why? Mm -hmm. You know, it's just so easy to get angry first. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
2: and maybe you were at some point, but I just want to, I don't know, honor your faith and just going to the Lord and saying, okay, what are you doing here? Because I think we need to remember that everything that the Lord Lord does in our life is to point us back to him and is for the good, even though it looked like, seemed like this very devastating thing. Um, And we Mm -hmm. can't understand that in our human minds a lot because we're human. (laughs) We don't have the capacity to see beyond like God does. So yeah, Yeah. I just, that really touched me.
1: I I would actually love to hear your perspective on that because it sounds like, okay, you are someone who, Uh, You know, you'd been through two hip surgeries before. So you'd been through, you know, some pain and you'd you'd dealt with it in um, like the medical way. And then this happened again, you experienced this miraculous healing. And it sounds like you've also witnessed and been a part of other healing events as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people listening to this, including myself, you know, there have been so many times that I've prayed for healing for myself or others. And it hasn't happened. And then there mm-hmm. have been many times that it has. And so, you know, sometimes it, we can be left wondering, you know, why, why me? Or why not me? Or why not a yes to this healing? Um, and yeah, I would just like love to hear your perspective on, you know, what you believe God was doing with this healing and the gift of it and the fact that everyone around you got to witness it. And what you might also say to someone who prayed for healing in a situation like that, and they didn't experience like the physical healing.
3: Mm. Yeah. That's a great question. I think for me, so I, so as I've reflected on this for many years now, um, I always come back to the story in the gospel of the man who was paralyzed and the friends lowered him through the roof and the people are in such disbelief. Like who is this man who, um, who says he can heal, you know? And he's like, well, that you believe in you know, like, or gosh, now I'm missing up the story. <laughs> but that that he for, he forgave the sins of the man or he he was physically healed so that they could believe that he also could heal this man's interior and forgive the sins of this man and i think that's so often the case with us of these physical injuries also do oftentimes have a very deep internal connection. And so for me, this was a huge healing moment where I needed to be stripped of my pride because the whole time of this injury was just pride, pride, pride. No one is going to help me. No one is going to know I'm going to be fine. I'm going to do it on my own. And the Lord really had to strip me of that. And it wasn't until, I mean, if I had not accepted help, I don't know, Would I have been healed? I'm not sure. But I needed to accept that help first. I needed to be in that place of poverty and humility um, to first accept help from the people around me and then ultimately to accept help and healing from the Lord. So I know he wanted to do a lot of healing internally in me, and he showed that by this external healing. And I think that's often the case. Also, when I've prayed with people for healing, sometimes that physical Healing has not manifested itself, but they've left the healing saying, I know interiorly what needs to change, or I know interiorly what the deeper wound is, and I felt healing from it. And so there's, a, there's very much this, um, this connect you know, with the internal and the external. Um, however, we can't know anybody's heart. So I'm not saying, oh, just because you broke your arm means that you have a deep wound in your heart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Um, but but there is oftentimes a
1: connection yeah Yeah, where it's like okay every human being has woundedness and areas that need healing and it's like something like a broken arm could be used if we're open to it to look deeper and to be open to like lord what do you want to heal in me so yeah um, you know like when we ask like well what's the point of suffering we've talked about this previously how you know suffering can actually just be the gateway into the deeper growth and uh, like movement toward the Lord that needs to happen. that wouldn't necessarily, there wouldn't necessarily be room for that if we didn't experience some type of wake up call in the form of suffering.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I it can also be agree. transformative. Sorry. It can be transformative for the people around you or around them, the witnesses, you know? So you know, the broken arm thing examples, like maybe it's not that person, but the person next to them, that's actually going to be transformed through this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't imagine being healed of something and not being transformed, but, um, you know, God works mysteriously.
0: Yeah. I was just listening back to, um, our second episode of with father Michael Shields talking about what is a miracle. And, um, he was talking about, you know, so many people I don't even remember the number he said, but you know, so many thousands of people go to Lord's every year. Um, maybe even million. <laughs> um yeah. mm-hmm. and he was saying, you know, so many people go to be healed, and maybe they're not physically healed, but all of them are healed in some way. Um, and so yeah, that just like popped into my head, Amanda, off of what you were saying is like, yeah, maybe we're like expecting this physical healing, and maybe we do get it, but we will always receive healing in some way. We will always receive a miracle from God in some way. Um, so that's, that's really beautiful. Yeah. It's that's that absolutely
2: face. true. Like, Lord, what do you want to do in me? Right. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was just, I was
3: going to say that that's absolutely true because also when I've, with people for healing they're also i have told them before this is the assurance that this prayer is not wasted the lord has not Mm -hmm. held back healing just because you don't see the physical healing but he is working we just might not see it right away and that's the thing is that we can't we're not god so just because somebody prays with you doesn't mean that you're automatically going to be healed there's if Mm -hmm. if you aren't healed automatically physically the lord can do that healing automatically but if not it's because he wants to do something deeper and wants to do something greater it's also not something mm-hmm. wrong with you if you're not healed mm-hmm. physically right away but it's just a sign that the lord actually wants to draw you closer and and mm-hmm. draw you um more and more in this story of love and it, it's sometimes very hard to understand when you've gone through a lot of suffering and a lot of pain for a very long time um but we 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 are not God. We cannot understand all of his yeah. ways. And
2: mm-hmm.
3: yeah,
1: Amen. it makes me think of the other story of the man at the well who was waiting 38 years. Is that right? 38 years to be healed. And, you know, you know, oh, every yes. single year he was probably spent, you know, wanting healing, trying to get to the well. Um, I love the chosen, the image that they put, yes. you know, the, the episode, I thought they really demonstrated that beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, with the way that they filmed it. Uh, But, you know, it's like someone like you, you weren't healed with your first hip surgery miraculously. You weren't healed before your second hip surgery miraculously. It was like the Lord chose this particular time in the middle of the jungle with these people around you um, in this missionary situation where everyone got to witness a healing that does sound very similar to like the lowering of the man (laughs) through the roof. Yeah. Where Jesus said, oh, your faith has saved you. Your sins are healed. And everybody's like, what? Who are you to say that? And he's like, okay, well, our, since you don't believe, like, then I'll have him get up and walk. But that's not really the point here. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I just really love your reflections because it, it really does demonstrate that um, along with your story. It, it's like a modern day example of like, yes, the, those situations that happened when Jesus walked on the earth a couple thousand years ago, like those, the same things are still playing out today. And the Mm -hmm. Lord is still sending us the same message of, okay, like the physical world that you're experiencing now is secondary to eternal life in every Mm -hmm. way. Um, And it also makes me remember Father Michael talked about in the, what is a miracle episode about how, you know, Jesus doesn't just answer every prayer for healing because part, part of the reason of it could be a very slippery slope to only having faith because because yeah. of the mm-hmm. crazy miracles.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: you know the Lord says like oh you know if, if if even a man being raised from the dead won't make them believe that you know like they you mm-hmm. that they're just not going to believe when they see anything. So, you know, yeah. it is you really have to understand the Lord's message and all of it about like the deeper spiritual aspect and it's not necessarily about being healed when, in the end, we're all going to have physical bodies that break down, and we're all going to die in this world anyway. Like Lazarus still mm-hmm. died. And um, but on a, on a different note, I don't really want to put you on the spot. So if you don't want to share anything else, that's fine. But I'm just curious. Do you have any other like short little miracle experiences that you could share with us
3: from healing sessions? Yes. Um... <laughs> I'm trying to think, because the actually one I thought of, I was like, I should get you in contact with him so he can share. Oh. <laughs>
2: All
3: right, so we can save it.
0: That's
3: but <laughs> Need well, you say no more. <laughs> I do have another from from my own experience, another miraculous healing that I can, like, another shorter one that I can share as well. Um, this one happened a few, actually only a year after the Malaysia healing. I was living in Peru for a time and, um, had really injured my SI joint in my back. I had popped it out of place and it was only, it was within the last two weeks of me living in Peru. And then I was supposed to be taking a pilgrimage to Rome before going back to America. And I remember like, I could really even barely walk to the bathroom. And I was just like, how am I supposed to walk 10 miles a day in Rome if I can't even walk to the bathroom <laughs> here? And I remember talking to, it, it was a few of my friends who were leading the pilgrimage, and um, and the one, Allie, she was just like, but I just feel like you need to come. Like She really had this strong faith, and she's like, I will do anything. I will bring you crutches. I will bring you ice packs. We will figure it out. <laughs> She was really, really willing to fight for me to come. So, and I really in prayer Good felt, friend. yeah, I should go, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I met them in Rome. Really in pain the first few days, and we were constantly praying for healing, going to these different spots to ask for healing and praying and interceding, and nothing was happening. It was just pain on pain on pain on pain. Gosh. And I think it was the third day we or fourth day we were there. We had the opportunity to do a SCAVI tour, which is a tour of the, um, the excavations underneath St. Peter's. And this tour was just amazing and really yeah. blew my mind because for an hour and a half, you're hearing about all these really small details about different excavations that happen and things like that. And you're kind of like, why do all these details matter? And then, and they're like, and we just, no one could really find Saint Peter's bones, and but everybody just trusted that it was here because thousands for thousands of years people were coming here on pilgrimage, um, and they said yeah. But then in the 1960s they found this thing, and it brought all the details together and confirmed that actually these are Saint Peter's bones. And I remember getting like really the chills. And um and then our tour guide you could really tell she was very convicted of the gospel. She wasn't just mm-hmm. a tour guide, but she was really convicted of what she was saying and the power of her words she's like and now we get to go pray with the bones of saint peter and i just remember mm. like having tears in my eyes it just it was so powerful and going and praying i didn't even the, praying about healing wasn't even on my mind it was just being there and praying with through the intercession of saint peter and i remember walking out like up the stairs after that and just being completely freed of all pain and wow. being like, like totally healed. I haven't experienced any SI joint pain since then. So things like that. Wow. But that also is another case where it's like, okay, we prayed for days constantly mm-hmm. for healing enough. And it was that one, that moment somehow that um now actually in my husband and I's story, St. Peter is a very plays a very big role. So there's a lot of connections to St. Peter still that I think he was maybe waiting for that moment to to enter into my life more deeply anyway, but but that's just one that
0: I was thinking of. That's amazing. So does that mean your firstborn son is going to be named Peter? (laughs)
3: <laughs> Actually, no. But this is a good name suggestion. <laughs> we have we've decided on his name. It's really tricky sometimes because we call it, when it's just the two of us. We call him by his name, but when other uh-huh. people are around, it's hard to. Not call him. Yeah, by his name. Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: but that's we a good future name.
0: Out. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you never sure know. It. You
2: might change your mind.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah true. And sounds like, like he's like a patron saint of your family. You know, we have yeah. those two where like, yeah, you feel like there's a saint who's like watching
2: over your whole family. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I have a couple of thoughts, kind of going back to the original story, sure. um, just that came to mind. First of all, that the paralytic came to mind for me as well, especially when you talked about walking out of the church and jumping up and down. Mm-hmm. It's like I can imagine the paralytic, like taking the mat and just being like holding it over his (laughs) head after having to sit on it for so long (laughs) and the beauty of just that story and the the commitment of his friends um and the other thing that came to mind was if this had happened anywhere else like if it had happened in the united states i don't know that the opportunity for healing would have come up because you would have gone right to a hospital Mm -hmm. or right to a doctor and so it's like okay god why would you do this here well because he had something really significant to do and it needed to be in a place where you didn't have medical Mm -hmm. care. So it does, it seems very backwards. But then when you look at it, you're like, but I mean, I wouldn't say if you were anywhere else, but the fact that you were so far from civilization and everything. So, but I mean, both stories are beautiful and so inspiring. It's just, man, the timing, right? It's like, we think, Oh God, why have you made me wait so long? Or, you know, whatever it is. We have to remember his timing is perfect. That was mm-hmm. a really He's always cool on reflections. Time. I
1: love that, mm-hmm. like just that observance of like, oh yeah, of course. Like if it had happened anywhere in the U.S., even if you were two and a half hours away from a remote clinic, you still would have been. You know, an ambulance would have driven for six hours to get you, and you would have been in a hospital mm-hmm. by the end of the day. So yeah, uh, yeah that's it's really cool. To or a helicopter, that. that would be. cool. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, medevac. <laughs> But Amanda, I I would just love to hear, do you have any advice for listeners, again, who uh, might Mm -hmm. find themselves in a similar situation or your stories are just resonating um, either in a way where they're, you know, relating to your experience or maybe not relating in a way where they're like, man, I'm, well, I'm someone who's great for healing a lot and it hasn't Mm -hmm. happened, but this story is really resonating with me. Um, yeah. And maybe there's that desire to keep praying for healing or, or, mm-hmm. or some resentment or anger toward God that healing hasn't happened. But anyway, just all of that, like imagining who might be listening. Do you have any advice?
3: Yeah. Something that I really learned from this healing experience is the power of the sacraments, because I truly believe mm-hmm. that if I had not been able to receive the Eucharist, to receive confession, to receive anointing of the sick, to sit in front of adoration for an hour, I don't think my heart would have been open or trusting enough to actually receive the healing. I don't know that my heart would have been open enough to actually hear Jesus's words, I've healed you. And I don't know that I would have been able to actually accept it because a weird thing that happens when you're used to pain, I mean, obviously this was a very fresh injury, but it was a pain I was used to because I went through it twice. When you're used to pain, you become attached to it. And as much as you don't like it, you also, it's also very hard to let go of it if if the opportunity Mm -hmm. is there. And so I really, really learned the importance of the sacraments in this. And though, I mean, when we receive the sacraments, it's not as though we always feel it, right? But they're so powerful (laughs) and they're so necessary. And so I think... Sometimes in the very charismatic circles, this can get lost a little bit, this idea of the power of the sacraments. And in the very traditional circles, the charismatic prayer of healing can get lost a little bit. And I mm-hmm. think when praying for healing, we need both. So actually, when people ask me to pray with them, I ask them to first re- receive confession and receive the Eucharist. And best case scenario is that we can pray right after they receive confession and the Eucharist together. Um, wow. Because that's the, the most open your heart can possibly be, really. So yeah. I would say um, to really if, if, if you are someone who's really struggling with suffering with pain to really hold on to the sacraments and really, really, really take refuge in them um, and seek their power, believe in their power. Um, and, and then also actually intercede for healing and ask people to pray for you, ask people for help, um, because that kind of humility also opens your heart in ways that are new. So that would be really my advice for anybody going through any kind of suffering: the sacraments, and ask people to pray for you, ask people for help. Um, of course, that, it's not a secret recipe, right? Like it doesn't mean that immediately <laughs> healing will then happen, but the Lord promises us grace and power in the sacraments, and we, and also through our intercessory prayer. So we have to hold on to that.
0: That is amazing advice. Um, I remember when I was discerning religious life, I kept, I was at seek. 2015 in Nashville. And I kept asking, like, I was going around and like asking all the sisters because I hadn't like officially decided to discern. But I was like, how can I discern religious life? And they kept saying, go to the sacraments as much as possible. Go to the sacraments. And so that's just like so true for every aspect of life. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that sometimes the sacraments really do get overlooked or um, just kind of forgotten about. But Gosh, it is like when you make going to the sacraments a habit, your life will transform and your spirituality will transform your, yeah, your faith in God will transform. So I love that advice so much.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you aren't Catholic and you haven't received like the sacrament of baptism, um, and you know, you could be Christian also listening to this. You're baptized, but you don't necessarily um, have the full presence of the Eucharist as part of your faith. Um, Or adoration of the Eucharist or, you know, anyway, there could just be certain pieces that you're like, well, that's not a part of my life. Uh, But if you're feeling drawn in some way, like anybody can go to mass, um, you can actually be present for the celebration of the Eucharist, even if you haven't received it. And, you you know, um, if you go to mass and you haven't had your first communion, um, please don't go receive the eucharist because we do believe that is the full presence of the lord but you can go to mass you can witness it you can receive graces just from sitting in the pew you can look up mm-hmm. local churches and adoration times you can go to adoration um mm-hmm. and, and if you want to receive the sacrament of confession you can you know like all these things can be looked into but you can even just start with going to adoration if you're like you know what i am skeptical
2: but i'm feeling drawn to explore a little more mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Most, I mean, you can always just call local parishes and say, you know, I've never done this before. I don't know what to do or where to go. And someone will show you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. I brought or you can reach out
1: to, to us <laughs> and ask, and we can help look up stuff in your local area. Like, oh, <laughs> yes. I would be happy to do that.
2: I took a non Catholic um, friend to Adoration years ago, and she walked in there. And when we were done, she's like, wow, Jesus was present there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: This is what she yeah. said. She's like, I, I felt so much peace. Um, Paige,
1: Margaret, and I recently had a retreat experience with 10 amazing Catholic women and, and one of the women there who um, has not been a practicing Catholic mo- most of her life and is kind of looking into it. She went to adoration with us for the first time and just walked out Lord. Um, and it was so cool because, you know, I, I, as a cradle Catholic, don't really have any perspective on that experience. I might think someone going to adoration for the first time would be looking around being like, this is kind of weird and uncomfortable and like looking at their watch. Like, but you know, just hearing her experience, I was like, wow, it wasn't like that at all for her. She was like, she had this heavenly experience and just felt so uplifted and like it was so powerful. So yeah, you, you know, you never know what it will be like. So if you're feeling drawn in any way to um, experience sacramental grace, whether or not you are Catholic or whether or not you fully believe, I would say, just look into it and follow your gut because you never know what God has in store for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Well said. That's great. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your story. And I know that our listeners are just going to love this. Um, and we're so excited for you and your husband to welcome your little baby in January. Yes. Um, and we're excited <laughs> to find you. out his name. <laughs> 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 not Peter. We've yeah, Peter. We Cross that one off the list. <laughs> um, but before we go, we are going to uh dive into our mini miracles of the week. So Bernadette, would you like to kick us off? Yes.
1: So my mini miracle this week was um it was just like a really cool moment for both my husband and I. My my son has been sick for the past three weeks, like I think we got like multiple viruses in a row, you know, now that like the world isn't shut down anymore. It's like everything's going Mm -hmm. around. Um, And then after all those were over, he ended up with a double infection. Um, And (sighs) you may have heard me mention on the earlier podcast, he has a dairy allergy. So he's 18 months old, but feeding him has always been a struggle. It's always been hard to keep him at a healthy weight. He's super tall, but like really skinny. So, um, the past three weeks were just kind of like back into that stress of when he was little and not eating and every single day, you know, most of our day was spent just trying to get him nutrients in his body. Um, so yeah, for, especially for the past, yeah, about three weeks, it's just been, it's felt impossible to get more than a couple hundred calories in him every day, Mm. um, And earlier this week, I was trying to feed him dinner and just on the point of tears, because whether or not you have kids and you're listening, it is so hard. You can't get an 18 month old to do something they don't want to. They just don't understand. (laughs) And I was just so worried about him. Um, And I was also on the point of exploding with rage because it just makes you really angry when you're trying so hard and you can't do a thing. Um, So instead of like, just by God's grace, instead of just like yelling an expletive really loudly in front of my son, which I, you know, never wanted to, I was like, I just need to pray about this. So I, my son is sitting there in his high chair and I'm at our table and I just did the sign of the cross and said a very fervent prayer asking our Lord and our lady. I was like, I have no power here. Like, will you please get Michael to eat and to feel better and to be able to put some food in his body? Like, I was just crying because I was so desperate. And, um, my husband was actually, he had just gotten home from work and he was like outside in the garage. I I don't remember, but he had stepped out of the kitchen and I was just in there praying by myself. Um, and then he came back in like 10 minutes later and like all of a sudden Michael just started like picking up his food and eating. And then he like, didn't stop eating for like the next hour and a half. Um, and (laughs) Like he ate the rest of the food that we made, we had to give him more. And then by the end of the night, we like had him in the bathtub and I was just giving him like scoop after scoop of peanut butter, which normally he will like spit out of his mouth. And he just like kept standing up and saying more, more butter, more butter. And like taking like, you know, just adding like calories on top. And I told at that point when he was in the tub, just like downing peanut butter. And it's like an hour after his bedtime and we're just keeping him up, feeding him as long as he'll keep eating. Um, At that point, I was like, Kyle, when you stepped outside, I just like said the most fervent prayer. And like, I asked God and I asked like Mary just to, I was like, I can't take care of my baby right now. Please take care of this. And I was like, this is a miracle to me. This is crazy. Like this has never happened with him before. And it's an abrupt change from the last three weeks. And so anyway, we were just both laughing and like, okay. Well, that's your miracle for this week. Honey. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that was a little bit longer than normal, but uh, that was my miracle <laughs> this week. Oh, what
2: that's about me. you, Margaret? Actually, I love Amanda's story because mine ties, it ties in beautifully. Um, Monday, it doesn't matter what day it was, <laughs> I was just having some issues with some friendships and just feeling left out of some situations, some social events and a few things had happened. And I was, I, I don't remember what kind of the final straw was, but I just was really mad and I don't get mad very often. Like I don't want to say it was full of rage, but I was, I could physically feel a difference and I was like, okay, God, what's going on here? And two things happened. I went to prayer. I went to adoration and I, the the thing that had come to mind while I was dealing with this kind of frustration was peace, which surpasses understanding, Lord, bring me to that place. And then I went to adoration. And then the reflection for the day was that exact verse from Philippians. And so I was like, okay, Lord, you're listening for one. <laughs> and then I had the opportunity to go to confession and I go to confession pretty regularly. And you know, sometimes you walk out and you're like, okay, I feel okay, but this time, as I sat in line and waited, I started to feel the peace. And then I went to confession, and I—it was one of those times I walked out and I wanted to do jumping jacks because I felt like the Lord had just totally ridded me of that anger. Um, And that doesn't—it was just—it felt very miraculous to me because it was—it was a—it was a one eighty from how mad I was feeling hours earlier. Um, And then coming to the sacrament of healing and feeling just so relieved. And I think it also helped me see some, some things that I was dealing with. You had mentioned pride, Amanda, and dealing with that as well. And I was like, wow, I haven't even recognized that in myself before or, you know, maybe not ever before. But it was just a moment of realization. And it was just it was one of the best experiences I've had. So super thankful for the sacraments, like you're saying, and um, yeah, had a very recent experience of them healing my heart. So,
0: how
2: about you, Paige? Oh, the
0: sacraments. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Okay, I have two. One is very small. Um, the first one is so my favorite Tex-Mex restaurant is Chewy's, um, and their salsa and creamy jalapeno ranch mixture is just miraculous. It is so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I got to have that recently and I've just been craving it over and over and I was like, Man, I should have gotten some to take home. <laughs> so okay. Food is
1: definitely a miracle. <laughs> yes.
0: yes. So good. My second one is at the parish that we've been going to recently, there's a big St. Michael statue outside of the church. Um, and so, there was one day, uh, they also have adoration from like 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. So there was one day where I was driving and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna take the boys to Adoration for like one minute. Um I don't think I've ever taken the boys to Adoration. So we went into the Adoration Chapel and I just, you know, was telling Santi, yeah, that's Jesus right there. And and then we walked out because someone else had an hour and I, I didn't want to disrupt their prayer time. Um so we left after a minute and I was like you know, I think let's just like walk around the church campus and just like look at all the statues. And so I was telling Santi, oh, that's St. Michael. And Santi obviously knows the name Michael so well, because one, Bernadette's son, his best friend is named Michael. And then my nephew, Santi's cousin, is also named Michael. So <laughs> Santi has a lot of Michaels that he loves in his life. Um, And so... Every time now, so we've gone to mass a few times with daily mass and Sunday mass. And every time we walk out, Santi's like, St. Michael. And so we go over (laughs) to the St. Michael statue and we kneel down and we have Santi do the sign of the cross. And he like keeps his hands um, together and, you know, the prayer hand uh, position. And uh, we say the St. Michael prayer. And so that's just been so amazing to start watching his um, cause he's two and a half now. So just watching his spirituality kind of start to develop. And my, um, in the house that we're in right now, there's a big St. Saint Michael statue as well. And so every time lately, like the past two days, he's been like, St. Michael, pray, St. Michael, pray. Aww. And so we like kneel down and we say the St. Michael prayer. And then there's guardian angel statue. And he's like, he'll like point to it. And then we say the guardian angel prayer. And then this morning he was like, jesus jesus and so we just start he started taking me to all of the images of jesus around our Aww. house and wanting to kneel and pray at all of the images that is so, so sweet i know i was just like wow this is so cool and like yes we're doing something right yeah so, so that was sweet. hopeful that's that it, it's sticking in some way for him oh my gosh that's yeah it's awesome oh, what yeah. about you amanda I think I also have two things
3: one small thing and one bigger thing. So, the first thing is that our couches got delivered, which sounds really small, but we moved in (laughs) two months ago and ordered the couches two months ago, but they weren't supposed to be delivered for another two months. And I had just asked, please, could we have them sooner? So, it really feels like a miracle that we have our couches.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. So good. (laughs)
2: But
0: my other. Especially, especially with all of the delivery delays that have been happening yes. yeah that's that really exactly. is a miracle
3: and especially in germany being much closer to the war and everything like mm. the, everything is so delayed because yeah. of that so it's yeah wow. really a miracle um but my other mir- my bigger mini miracle is that um at the beginning of my pregnancy i was in a very bad accident with bumper cars <laughs> stupid but um <laughs> i got a very severe whiplash and like i my neck was very close to being totally broken and i was um i couldn't move for weeks so just laying in bed and, and so amanda just
1: just because i've gotten to hear this story before yeah. i just want everyone to know at this point you didn't know you were pregnant right? i didn't
3: know i was pregnant
1: yeah okay, that's correct i didn't know i was <laughs> okay. pregnant. Okay. So.
3: <laughs> It was important. So I got to, it, it happened, the accident happened on a weekend, and that Monday I got to see the orthopedic doctor, and he had prescribed two different medications. One was a very, um, very mild pain medication, and the second one was a more intense one, part of the opioid family. Um, And I was taking the more mild one, and I had forgotten about the second more intense one. One night I was in a lot of pain, and I was like, I said to my husband, Dennis, I was like, please, can I try this other medicine? He's like, you don't know how your body will react to it, opioids, and when you have whiplash, you don't want to throw up. (laughs) It sounds like it would be really painful. I was like, okay, yeah, I won't take it. So then we found out I was pregnant and we told the the orthopedic doctor, and he got so white in his face. And he was like, Did you take that more intense pain medication? And I said, No, why? And he said, Because actually it's abortive. Like it, it would have killed your baby if you would have taken it.
0: And oh my gosh.
3: We were like, What? and yeah how so now now dennis really claims that this is the future pope here
0: yeah <laughs> that should have been one of your bigger miracle stories yeah. that you were telling. Her. Yeah. <laughs>
2: wow i don't understand why they wouldn't ask you is there a chance that you're pregnant yeah too? but anyway thank the lord I don't know,
3: either and maybe he did, but in the translation I missed it or something. I don't,
0: mm. I don't know. Yeah. But he was like, she, "She was in bumper cars. She's not pregnant."
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> when
3: we had been at the hospital, they had asked me before getting X-rays and things, and I said there is a chance that I could be, but they had mm-hmm. done a pregnancy test and it was too early, so it came back negative. Yeah, yeah. So that also, I'm yeah. not sure if all of that, but yes, oh, that Christ
1: that is my God. mini oh. miracle. Oh. Uh, Awesome. Give me chills.
0: Praise (laughs) the Lord. Thank you, God.
3: (laughs) The Lord's
2: good. (laughs) Yes. Well, I will close this in prayer unless anyone has, has any other comments.
1: That sounds great, Margaret. Thank you.
2: Thank you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for. Amanda and her openness, and willingness to share these stories with us today. Thank you that, Lord, you still heal, that you're still present in our lives, that you're still working, that you're still loving us so deeply. And I just pray for anyone who is currently suffering and doesn't understand why, that they might find strength and courage in you and in the sacraments. And I just pray that today and as they move forward, they might feel encouraged and hopeful. Through your grace, may they overcome whatever, whatever they are facing. Thank you again, Lord Jesus, for the gift of your grace and your love and your mercy. And we ask um, blessings on each of us today as we move forward. In your holy name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: amen. Holy Spirit, amen. Venerable Fulton Sheen, pray, pray for, for us. us. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 See Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Moving Mountains podcast. If you have a miracle story to tell, please call our hotline at 412-449-9609. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Moving movingmountainspodcast, AK. We encourage you to subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and share our podcast with others. We'll see you next time.